Welcome back to the Running Wine Mom podcast. I'm your host, Samantha Slinsky, aka The Running Wine Mom. Today, we have another amazing guest. She's a devoted mother, talented author, and a powerful advocate for acceptance and inclusion. I'm thrilled to introduce Jenna Regan, the author of the heartwarming children's book, Brooklyn's Lucky Finn. In this episode, we'll dive into Jenna's journey as a mother to four young children, her experiences traveling with young ones, and the remarkable story behind her book, Brooklyn's Lucky Finn. We'll explore the joys, challenges, and invaluable life lessons she learned along the way. So let's jump right in and welcome Jenna to the show. Welcome, Jenna. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks for having me. Hey, I'm so excited to have you. Um, so to start each episode, we have our wine, wine, and win of the week segment. This is where we share our favorite bottle of wine or drink, then about something that has been bothering us and celebrate our recent victories. So grab a glass, take a deep breath, and let's get started. So let's start off. What's your wine, W-I-N-E, of the week? I love Oyster Bay um, Sauvignon Blanc. I love that wine. I just had that um, last week. Like such a good summer. Yeah. Light white wine. Yeah, that's definitely my favorite. And what's your W-H-I-N-E of the week? (laughs) Um, Definitely my husband's work schedule this week. He's been gone a lot because he does overnights, um, 24-hour shifts at a time, but we make it work. Yeah. So how many 24-hour shifts a month does he do? So as of right now, his schedule recently changed. It used to be three 24-hour shifts a week. Oh, wow. Um, it's, right now, it's two 24 hours a week. But this week, he did overtime, so he did three. Oh. Um, so yesterday was his third shift, so it's like a lot. It's and a then lot. he has a side business, too, so it's like he just works a lot. What's your uh, win of the week? My win of the week is just the kids being happy. Um, we've been really, you know, enjoying the beach and going on the boat at night and trying to make the best of summer. And my win is always like just having them all together in one place always makes me happiest. That's awesome. And before we get into the main part of the podcast, um, I always ask my guests, what are three struggles you've overcome leading to where you are? And what are three things you're most proud of in your life? So, um, the three struggles I would say is, one being losing my mom at a really young age when I needed her the most. Um, yeah. You know, I was just becoming a mom myself and it was really traumatic. Shortly after that, my sister had an autoimmune disorder, which um, temporarily paralyzed her. Um, so it was just a lot of hits at once. And then Brooklyn's birth was very traumatic on us. And, you know, you'll see later how we've turned that into a positive and how it shaped our family. Yeah. Um, and then three things I'm most proud of, my family, um, my kids, and honestly, like being an advocate for Lucky Finn and just making, you know, something that could be so negative into something that's so positive and honestly now is like the best part of our family. Yeah, that's amazing. I know I'm so excited to talk about that. So this is the Running Wine Mom. So we always talk a little bit about fitness before we get into the parenthood and uh, today we'll get into Brooklyn's Lucky Finn, but how do you stay active? What's your favorite way? So I, when I was pregnant with Carter, I started bar, which is like a mixture of, you know, honestly, some like dance movements. And I was never a dancer. Like, <laughs> as you know, we've always played sports together, played lacrosse in college. So it was so different to me, but I loved it. And I felt like it was like therapeutic. It's like good music. So I always love a good bar class. Um, and I love walking. Um, but recently I broke a rib. So oh, I haven't no. been able. I know. So I haven't been able to really work out. I tried a few times to go back, and my body's just not ready. But I haven't been able to really work out since April. So it's been oh hard. Oh my gosh! The, yeah, yeah, the that's so difficult because there's like literally nothing you can do about it. It just has to heal. 
And I think it just wasn't healing because, you know, I think another month I should be good. Oh, good. I hope so. <laughs> um, how do you stay motivated to maintain your fitness routine? Uh, I'm pretty routine, regimented. I thrive on that. And if I, um, I hold myself accountable, um, it helps that our fitness studio, if you sign up, you get $10 you get a $10 charge if you don't go. Oh, and that's yeah. just like, you know, <laughs> yeah. it's, you know, it's expensive to already like be a member for the month. I'm driving to Ocean City, which is 25 minutes away. Yeah. So it holds me accountable in that way. But I also am very like driven because I know if I like fill my cup, we're all going to have a better day. Yeah. That's so important. And that's one of the things that I always talk about on my episodes. Like, I feel like as moms, we think that like, we can't do for ourselves, but if we don't do it for ourselves, like we can't do for others. Like you just said, you can't pour from an empty cup. So just getting that time is so important for you. The other 23 hours of the day to be there for your kids, which is awesome. 100%. And you notice the difference. Like I yeah. feel like I have so much more patience on those days that I like, if it's one hour, it's a one yeah. hour workout and it sets the tone for the day. Yes. Um, so what is your major struggle to have to stay um, healthy and on your routine? Honestly, time, you know, I feel like some weeks are, I'm like, wow, I, you know, I went to bar four times and then there's weeks where I'm like, I haven't been there. And, yeah. You, know, you feel the difference, but it's like my kids come first, my family, Jim's work schedule. And, you know, I try my best. Sometimes I will hold myself accountable and go at like 5.30 a.m., 6 a.m. Just because, I mean, I'll be tired, but it pays off later. Yeah. And what do you think the relationship between mental health and physical fitness is? How do you um, align with that? A hundred percent. I joke with everyone that it's my therapy, you know, yeah. <laughs> the music and, yeah. you know, like I said, it's, I'm more patient that day. I'm a better mom. Um, I think because I'm making time for myself. So I yeah. think it's really like a huge yeah. relief. All right. So let's get into the parenthood. So you have four kids and your oldest is how old? Seven. Seven. And then your youngest is? Two. Two. Okay. So that was lots of kids in a short amount of time. Of like Harper was four when Charlie yeah. was born. So it's I, been crazy. Oh my gosh. Like when I see your stuff, I'm like, I feel like I'm busy, but you have four kids and you guys are busier, just as busy, if not busier. And I'm like, oh my gosh. Uh, how, 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 how? <laughs> I feel like my mom was the same way though, because I'm one yeah. of four. And yeah. I feel yeah. like I always tell people like, worry about me when the craziness stops. Right. I feel like I do thrive when it's like busy and exciting and someone needs me, you know, mm -hmm. like my friends like Jill and Ashley are always yeah. like, when your kids are older, you're going to have all these like foster children. <laughs> yeah. I know. That's how I feel. I'm like, people are like, you're always like on the go with the kids. Like, how do you have the energy? I'm like, if I sit at home with them, I will go crazy and they will ruin our house. You know, they like, they, and they have more fun. And I'm sure it's just like your kids are probably just so used to it all that it's like, this is the drill. This is what we do. And they just know how to do it. Yeah. And it's, it's, it is, you know, it's like a blessing. And then sometimes I say it's a curse. Like Harper is our oldest, but she's like yeah. a very mature seven-year-old. So she yeah. helps. But then like, sometimes I'm like, it's okay. You should be a kid right now. Yeah. Like, I don't want her to grow up too quick, but like, I know the oldest of four siblings, you kind of have to. You have to be. Yeah. And at least, you know, and you understand that too, being one of four. So you, you right. know how the, uh... <laughs> how the um, yeah. So what were you least prepared for in parenthood? Everything. <laughs> Everything. <laughs> I, uh, I, I think 
my dad said it best. He's like, oh, you just think you're going to have a baby and you're going to do this and you're going to do that. And like, you know, I think it's like the dreamer in me. Like, you know, we'll we'll do this. I even think, I remember even when I had Harper saying to my mom, because my mom was healthy then, like, mom, we're going to go to Florida in January after she's born in October. Like, I thought, you know, I I was like, I'm going to breastfeed. But like all of those things, like one, as a new mom, you don't want to leave your baby. Right. I couldn't even imagine going to dinner. I had a hard time even going to dinner when I had Harper, like, let alone going to Florida. Right. And then, you know, and like just nursing, I think like that's not really talked about enough. Like nursing is not as easy as people said. And I nursed, you know, I couldn't get Harper to stop until over, like, she was like two, over two. Oh my gosh. (laughs) But like, it was hard for me to stop. Like she wouldn't. So I feel like yeah. all those things really surprised me. I'm like, yeah. you know, I thought like you could nurse and you could stop and you could still live, but it's a full-time job. Yeah. And um, so what's your favorite thing right now to do with your kids? Just honestly be together. We're very family oriented. We love yeah. going to the beach. Um, we love going on the boat. We love road <laughs> tripping. Um, we love our little adventures, but also I love being home too. And like them just being kids and dressing up and Jim and I sitting on the couch and watching them put on shows or sitting on the deck. Like I love the big things, but I also like, I'm really soaking up all the little stuff too. Yeah. What are some of the biggest challenges you face in raising four kids? So you have three girls and one boy. So there's a little bit of gender mixture in there. And how do you handle all of that? Oh, I don't think I am. (laughs) I'm learning by the day, you know, I feel like they're changing, they're getting older. You know, I think that for me, they get along when it's just our family, like they get along really well. And, you know, each one of them rise to a different occasion. Um, Harper's fairly a good leader. Carter now is five. So he's stepping in and being a leader in different ways. Um, Brooklyn and Charlie are little besties. So there's different dynamics. Um, I just, you know, always remind them that, you know, this is your family. You get, you know, pick them over everyone. Always be kind, but they're siblings. They fight. We just try and like work through all of their ages and, you know, different times. Cause I feel like they're changing so rapidly too. Right. Yeah. They do change so much in such a short amount of time. Seriously. So what do you think your parenting style is? We are definitely attachment parents (laughs) or the worst. Um, but you know, I say I'm doing a million things wrong, but I do really believe that that's like for us, it just works for our family. We, yeah. you know, from a young age, let them sleep in our bed. We would never change it for, you know, maybe my husband would, but <laughs> I think he's like loves it more than I do right now. Like we just are. So they all sleep in with. Well, they don't, <laughs> they don't start in our bed. We yeah. have the bed, you know, we have our bedtime routine, but they do come in our bed and <laughs> oh we would God. never like tell them not to. We yeah. love it. And it's honestly has made like our traveling lifestyle. I'm sure easier because none of them have, you know, they're, they're fine just coming in our bed or, you know, they're, they like acclimate to change really well. Yeah. Oh my gosh. That's awesome. Um, (laughs) how about, can you talk about a support system that comes with raising four kids? I have two and I'm always like, oh my gosh, like, how do you even get all the kids out the door with, you know, Mm -hmm. what does your support system look like? We really don't have help. And I think that's probably the most surprising thing to a lot of people. Um, we have like tonight, we have a date night. We have, we try and get a date night once a month. Sometimes it goes longer. I'll make plans with friends and he'll make plans with friends, but it's him and I like kind of tag teaming. Um, 
it, it's hard. I lost my mom. I live far from my family. Jim's parents are a little older. They, they would help if they could. Um, they, um, they go back and forth to Florida. So it's just really him and I. So we yes. just have a really good system. We're a good team. I couldn't do it without him. Um, he's an awesome dad and partner. And he's always, you know, we give each other time. We plan. We're really both big planners and organized. Yeah. We have a big calendar. So we really try and like, you know, I'll be like, put a plan on the calendar for you to go see your friends. But it is hard. But yeah. we have, like, if we're doing something that, like today we have plans. Like I packed up last night. Everything's at, out. Everything's set. You know, the lunchboxes I have to, or we would like fail. So how has losing your mom like affected you as a parent, as a mother? What, how did that affect you losing her so young? I mean, I think it shaped me. I think that was probably the driving force in me wanting a big family mm -hmm. after I lost her. Um, you know, I was one of the hardest years of my life. I'm it's seven years and I'm still, I still struggle, you know, you yeah. always, I remember my mom even saying, uh, you'll at no, like no matter what age you are, you always need your mom. Right. And, yeah, for sure. You know, I'm a mom of four. I could need, I need her more than ever right now, you know, and it shaped me and I just want to do the best that I can. And she was an amazing mom. And I hope that I could be half the mom that she was. She has to be so proud of you doing all the stuff that you're doing, mm -hmm. which is amazing. Um, and I'm sure you want to do everything because you realize how short life is, which life. is so important. Right. Um, so with such a busy household, you talked a little bit about fitness. How do you find time for self-care and maintaining your own well-being in amidst the chaos? Honestly, like I probably, I don't, I probably should get more sleep. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, but I do, you know, I'll, I'll make time for it because I know that it makes us all better. Um, yeah. Even like I, I've read blogs and listened to podcasts and it's so true. Like the woman of the household like, really does set the tone. And if mm -hmm. I'm having a bad day, it trickles down and I see it in my kids or if I'm stressed, I see it. And, you know, I feel like then Jim and I will kind of like not be on the same page. And I feel like him and I 90% of the time are. So I just really try and make it a priority. Um, I also just think it's like a big thing, even losing my mom at a young yeah. age, like I just feel like that's something I, I need. Right. Like, right. Just prioritize it. I'm, I hold myself accountable. I, I know I feel better even if I don't want to do it. I know I'll feel better after doing right. it. I totally agree with that. Um, so you talk, you know, you had four siblings and then you have four children. Like, do you find similarities in the way that you're raising them, the way your parents raised you, or how do you like foster that closeness? And what are some things that you like ensure that they're, you know, like family traditions and stuff like that. Yeah. I, you know, we grew up going on a lot of trips and adventures as well. My parents made a lot of memories for us and um, a lot of traditions, you know, Christmas, everything was so exciting. My mom, I used to say, was the best Santa Claus. I think I believed until I was 12. But oh. I was like, you're just so good at it. Like, yeah, yeah. I would have never thought. So, you know, I thrive on that too, making everything special. And I used to teach. So, yeah. you know, I love instilling all of those fun like holiday traditions and you know little things like movie nights in the house like just making something so simple special so I, yeah. i'd say we're very similar to my parents um and their style and just you know my mom was such like a strong person like you would never know she was really having a bad day right yeah that's i know i think about that as a mom i'm like oh my gosh my mom probably like struggled a lot and we just never, never. know yeah and right? you know 
not that I don't want my kids, you know, I want to say like, oh, I'm having a bad day or something, but I don't want them to like feel that, you know. But we do, and that that's probably the difference. We do talk about that. But I yeah. think it's important, like, I think that was probably a more like old school mentality, mm-hmm. like keep it together and never talk about your feelings. Like that's just sometimes like I think a generational thing, like we right. do talk about it. And I, yeah. if my kids make a mistake, I'm like, well, I made a mistake yesterday too. Like I wasn't yeah. the best person of myself. Like. I was upset yeah. with myself, but we can always reset and do better. Yeah. Because- and I think that's so important for them to know that it's okay to make mistakes and, and <laughs> learn from them. Absolutely. I'm still, I say all the time, I'm still learning. Yeah. yeah, every time. yeah. Like, I'm not perfect. <laughs> I make mistakes all the time. I'm hard on myself, very hard on myself. Like, and the kids know that and I'll try better like yeah. the next day. And if we talk about it. Oh, that's awesome. So <laughs> what's one piece of advice you would give to other parents? To have no expectations. <laughs> and I do luck. think that like, and I've had this conversation with a few girlfriends of mine, even like when you have small children and like, I always say like, let's say you have a two-year-old and then, you know, you always think ahead like, well, when my kid's five, like, you know, even with every age, I'm learning to not have any expectations. You think as they get older, it's going to be easier, but it's actually harder in different ways, like mentally, yeah. emotionally. Yeah, I'm sure so it's. Pretty- Easier because they're more independent, but harder because they need you more in like other ways than a lot. Yeah. And they know more, they understand more, they can articulate more. So it's, it's definitely challenging in its own way. So I just like go into each phase and age with like little expectations and try my best to navigate it. That's awesome. Um, All right. So I want to shift a little bit still in parenthood, but you guys travel a lot and especially by plane. I'm like, oh my gosh four kids on a plane. How do you do it? But I know you definitely probably have a wealth of knowledge from all the uh, success and mistakes that you've probably made through them. So first of all, what um, is your favorite part about traveling with your family? I think just because our schedules up until this January, I was working from home as well um, for a financial group. And I, he was working so much and I was working so much. They during COVID, I had all four home. It was a lot. So I feel like our adventures, even though it seems like a lot, because we don't have a lot of help, that's something that keeps us going. Yeah. Um, So my favorite part is just us turning off and being present and laughing and no distractions, no schedule, and just trying to like make memories with them, swimming in the pool, laughing, you know, ice cream for lunch, like just being that fun parent. Um, Yeah. I think Jim and I are both more relaxed and they notice that (laughs) on vacation. Um, what are some of your top tips for making travel more manageable and enjoyable, I guess, for both parents and kids? Yeah. Um, we're big road trippers. I think okay. you can bring a lot and we love yeah. like Carlston. It's very doable. We've, we drove to Disney. Um, yeah. Actually doing it again. Awesome. Um, yeah. I would say with flying, we are, you know, again, very prepared. We have little book bags for the kids, tablets, crayons, stickers, um, their books to read. So we like go in very prepared, but like you could be the most prepared and it could still be like a complete yeah. chaos. It's, it's so funny that you guys say you love road tripping because we're the same way. Like our, both of our kids have seen all of the coastal states on the East coast so far. And it's because we've driven, we drove to Maine, we drove to Disney and um, we've driven to a few other places, but like kind of along the lines that you're saying, people are like, you're crazy for driving that amount of time. And I'm like, it's actually, I think easier because you're on your own schedule and you can like kind of 
figure out if the kids need something like you can pull over and be like, okay, we can stop for a couple minutes. And it's like, you're on your own schedule, which is awesome. And for us, like we road trip through the night. So I feel like it's just easier. They all sleep. We bring the noisemaker in the car. Oh, that's perfect. We take turns driving and it's kind of just like worked for us. So what do you think is one of your favorite memories and most challenging experiences while traveling with all four kids? (laughs) Uh, we've had it all happen. So we've had, you know, all four of them screaming at the same time because their ears are popping. We've had really bad turbulence flights where, you know, I'm not a great flyer either. I get nervous. So that probably doesn't help. Um, we've had flights where two of them are throwing up from being Mm -hmm. nauseous from the turbulence. We've had a flight, our most recent one, actually it wasn't our most recent. I think it was the one before that, but we, um, Charlie screamed the entire two hours. Oh, God. I don't, you know, we don't know what was wrong, but we were yeah. losing people, like trying everything to calm her down. So we've had it all happen. And Aww. I think we just like go with the flow, you know? Um, yeah. I go, like, again, no expectations, you know, we'll try our best, but it could be a total success. And we've had flights where they're also great and right. have been really smooth, but you know. All right. So while you do have four kids, I want to focus on one. I want to focus on your daughter, Brooklyn. She has a uh, unique story that has touched you. you, What you've done is touched the heart of of many. Um, She has a limb difference. And um, I am excited to talk to you about everything about it and to learn about it and talk about your book that you've written specifically about her. So um, let's start off by, can you um, share the story of how you discovered Brooklyn's limb difference and how it impacted your family's journey? So we had Harper, um, she was two at the time, and then Carter was three months old and I found out I was pregnant with Brooklyn. So it was a complete shock. I was nursing. I had no idea that I could even get pregnant because it took (laughs) us a while. Yeah. Um, The time that, um, you know, when I had Harper, it took us a while to get pregnant with Carter. And so it was like the biggest surprise, but I always knew I wanted a big family. So I was like, why not? Like, let's go. Like, it's so exciting. So we were so excited. We didn't know great pregnancy. We didn't know until birth, which was traumatic. It was like a really, you know, traumatic delivery to begin with. It was a very long um, birth process. And then for that to happen, I just remember her coming out and being like, first thing I noticed was her hair. I was like, my mom would be like, Oh my gosh, she has the most hair. Cause all of our kids were real, like had no hair for a long time. Um, and we found out, but the scarier part than to notice the doctor telling us about her limb difference was that they thought that a genetic condition was connected uh, to it. So we had a ton of testing at the hospital. Then we were sent to chop ton of testing all while not really having that much help and two little small children. Carter yeah. was on, we just turned one two days prior. Um, you know, with our kids, it was just like a really scary, dark time. Of course, like I'm blaming myself, like so many emotions. Um, so the blessing at the end of it is that she was healthy. There was no genetic. Yeah. And we were like, we're going to get her through this. You know, it's a scary, mean world, but you know, we're going to do the best to navigate it because she deserves that. And Jim and I like right away, we're like, we're the you know, she was sent to us for a reason. And I don't say this lightly because it sounds so cliche, but she's something else. Like I have four kids. She's uh, just uh, the, uh, the sweetest little thing. She's like Aww. the best kid a parent could ask for. Oh, that's awesome. So how have you guys embraced and celebrated her limb difference? And um, how did you explain it to your kids? 
I think I'm sure I just, I really leaned in on the Lucky Finn project, which, you know, has that opened up. I reached out to a lot of parents that had been there before and it was very inspiring and, you know, it, it made you feel not alone. And it's just, I mean, Harper was only two at the time. And I remember her walking into the hospital room and I had to explain it, but it's crazy. Kids are so aloof. Brooklyn went right. to school, preschool, and none of the kids talked about it the first year. They're so, they don't notice, you know, they're just, it's like chin to chin, eye to eye with those. Like they're just so happy to be playing. Um, more so recently, kids are noticing with her age. But like even at heart, Harper wouldn't have noticed. But I did tell her, and I just remember her saying the first thing, and I'm in the hospital room. She can have some of my fingers. Like oh. so innocent. I know. Oh, that's like, so this, cute. The sweetest, and they're great. You know, we tell her that you know, and Brooklyn speaks for herself. She'll just say, "I'm special. This is how I was born," and you know. We just, you know, everyone's different in their own way. Some differences you can see, some you can't. So we just really like open that conversation in our house a lot. That's awesome. And so as a parent, what are some of the most valuable lessons you've learned from her, from Brooklyn's experiences and challenges? Like how has it given you a different perspective on parenting and, and maybe life in general? I think that, you know, you get one life. Yeah. And you can make the best of it or you can let, you know, small things ruin it. And that's what, like, we just try not to sweat the small stuff here. Like, even with my kids, I'm like, it's fixable, you know? And we really, like, emphasize that. Like, I saw firsthand with my mom and then this happening with Brooklyn, you know, I could easily be like, why me? And go into this really dark place, which there were times that that happened. Um, But I was like, we get one life and I want to make the best of it. And, you know, I want to give my kids the best life and, you know, we'll get through this and we're going to teach our kids empathy. I mean, there's challenges and I've talked about it to a lot of people, you know, people are just not educated. And Mm -hmm. I think if I wasn't educated, I didn't really know a lot about the limb different community prior to having a child with limb different. Um, I think the reality is, is that everyone like, doesn't talk about it. So just opening up the conversation that it's okay to be different. It's okay to ask questions and learn about it because the second we like make it seem scary or shy away, don't look, don't ask makes it seem weird and like not welcoming. And if you knew Brooklyn, I mean, every ounce of me just wants everyone to see her for who she is. Like I say to Jim all the time, I'm like, whoever marries this girl is the luckiest guy in the world. And like that gets me choked up because she's just something Oh, Sam, yeah. such a sweet oh. soul. <laughs> I love that. I mean, yeah, she, and I see like a lot of the stuff that you post when you say like, ask the questions about it. And that's what <laughs> I, I mean, I guess I never would think to just like with, in, because raising my kids, it's like, how do you make sure that they're including these kids as well? You know, you want them to be good people and you want to tr- teach them the right ways to approach the subject of it. And like, you know, just, I never would just say like, just ask them about it. Honestly, I think and to be, it's crazy. Brooklyn has the most friends out of all of my kids. <laughs> and I truly appreciate the parents. Like the, her group of friends, we're, we're getting together next week. Like they're, it's, I think the parents, and I don't know, I'd have to ask them, but like I've sent home the book. They know, I send them right. a letter, it's still only preschool. You know, I think the kids are still so accepting and loving, like, Kids aren't influenced at these ages yet right. by the outside noise or even hearing what their parents say or, you know, they're always watching us too. Right. Um, but I think that these parents, like, it's just Brooklyn. Like, yeah. they don't make it a big deal. They're not talking about it like, oh, like, go play with Brooklyn. Let's do this. Like, and 
they've gotten to know her without looking at a limb difference. It's just seeing her for who she is. And she's just awesome. So that's awesome. So it doesn't seem like you have to build much of her confidence, but is there been any time that you've had to like, or how do you like do that? And what's your plan for as she grows to build her confidence around? (laughs) Yeah, I think, you know, she's still little, she knows, like, you know, we talk about it. She knows that she's special and she's proud of it. I mean, you should have seen her at her dance recital. She's up there like owning the show, her end of the year show. Everyone says she's a performer. She just is like, and I hope she just never, no one ever like puts that spark out for her because she's just something else. Like she really loves to shine. Um, You know, we've talked about, there's lots of like different camps um, for building self-confidence. We get together every year with a Lucky Finn chapter in New Jersey. So like seeing, being around kids with limb differences, she's done modeling. Yeah. Uh, you know, she's just, and I'll just keep doing that. I really think that that plays a big role and we treat her just the same. Like we don't, right. you know, sugarcoat it sometimes. Like, you know, people might ask and we'll jo- even joke about it, you know, like it's just speak- not in a mean way, but we'll right. be like, yeah, like a shark. A shark, but you know, like we just don't want it to ever be this heavy thing. Like, right. You, know, you don't want her to, feel, right. Yeah. You don't want her to feel yeah. like it's a, a, you know, an issue. It's like, yeah, you can just be light about it, which I love that. And we um, tell her she could do everything, you know, and anything. And she really does. Like she didn't even qualify for OT. Oh, wow. Um, I know. Gosh. It's it's crazy. <laughs> yeah. And they said that like, as she was a baby, they're like, she'll surprise you. Um, just watch. And she has like exceeded my expectations. Yeah. Especially with three other siblings like around her, she probably just like, you know, maybe if she was an only child, it would maybe be a different scenario, but having three other siblings, I'm sure it's just like, yeah, we're just doing this. This is the keep up. Yeah. Like she rode a bike really young. Yeah. She can do the monkey bars. She can open a water bottle. She writes, she draws. She's so smart. She's just, she's awesome. Um, so what advice would you give to parents who have children with limb differences that maybe are not feeling as confident in, you know, their journey? What do you think are some good resources besides the Lucky Finn project you said? Um, project and just talk, you know, open yourself up, ask other parents. There's other parents that have navigated it. They have, you know, other children. I, reading stories, you do see the parents that just pushed out of their comfort zone and treated the kids just like any other child they have. And I think that that like speaks volumes. So I think it's important to like open yourself up, research, read, talk to other moms, communities, groups, and, you know, it'll push you to be the best mom you can be for a child with a limb difference. And so uh, because of Brooklyn, you have created Brooklyn's Lucky Finn, which is a children's book. Um, So can you just give us a brief overview of the story, what inspired you to write it besides Brooklyn? What um, were some other things that inspired you to do it? Honestly, I started the book for just her. I, you know, the teacher in me was like, I'm going to write a book to send into her classes, just uh, like a foundation. I just wanted something. So I just, and it's still to this day, I think that's probably something I struggle with. It's like, I always kind of want to like explain her story, like the mama bear in me. I'm hearing her emotions. Like, but I just hold back. Like I don't have to explain it to everyone. But I just wanted a voice for her to have. And I had no idea that it would become, you know, I visit schools now, sometimes universities and, you know, Barnes and Noble. It's just it's and it's opened up, you know, because that's if you notice like in Target, like a lot of like big companies are embracing 
differences. And right. it's, it couldn't have come at a better time because it's one of those books that just is all inclusive. And, you know, the new thing now is in my book, you do notice that we're talking about like a lucky fit, a difference, a struggle. Now they just want limb different characters or a child or person of any difference in a book without it being pointed out. Right. Yeah. Like it's just normal because that would again, encourage other people to just be like, Oh, they're different and that's okay. And there's nothing wrong with that. So if I did write another book, it would probably lean against like Brooklyn, just doing something without it becoming a challenge. Yeah. And so what's the main message that you hope that it conveys to young readers? It's like being that young. I know as adults, you know, we can understand it being just acceptance, but like for the little kids that read it, how do you hope that it affects them? I just hope that it opens up their eyes to that kids can be different and, you know, acceptance, empathy, um, everyone has their own struggle, you know, that I still like a quote that got me through growing up is like, everyone's fighting their own battles, you know, be nice to everyone. And it's so true. Like you're not going to get any higher or be any better for talking badly or putting someone else down. Like just be the best version of yourself, be kind, include people. You know, I know that's not going to happen, but if I can like encourage a small percent of kids to just find, then I've done a good job. Yeah. If only it's a few kids that are nicer because of that book, like that's important. And then it's just going to really grow from there is really what can definitely happen. Like, Like that whole message, like, it's cool to be kind, you know, like it's, and that was growing up too. Like I want my kids to be like that, you know, they're not, even my own children, they're not always like that. Yeah. And it's crazy. We preach differences and, you know, it's not like they are accepting and, you know, they're more aware and they're, I can't think of a specific time, but you know, there's times where they still don't understand they're growing and learning and, you know, they're curious too about things. Right. Um, so the book has beautiful illustrations in it. What did you, did you have a separate artist to do the illustrations? So the publishing company that I worked with, I could have done it independently. And I do have a, a girlfriend who is an artist and she got nervous. She was like, I don't know if I'm ready to do like a whole book. So I went with the publishing company and I got to pick which artist I liked. Um, I oh, think they cool. 10 samples. And I thought that Carrie, who I picked was very kids are colorful and I'm really happy how it all turned out. That's awesome. Was there any particular challenges you had in creating the book? Yes, it was during COVID. There were a lot of setbacks and there were once the hard part with a book is there's stages and parts and you're submitting and it's final. So I think the hardest part for me with the book was, um, you know, I was pregnant with Charlie. We, the book was supposed to come out. We didn't know if we should include her. Then the um, book didn't come out because of COVID. And if you notice, like on the book, she ended up like making the back. Yeah. So it was like a little confusing because of timing. So the, it was, that was probably the biggest challenge. I was like, <laughs> oh, I could have added her into the book, but we didn't find out if she was a boy or girl. Right. Oh, so okay. During yeah. the process, you know, but then the book was delayed. So that was probably the biggest yeah. Because I was like, oh, I could have had all four of them in it, but the book was already in print by the time she was born. Right. So did you find out with any genders of any of your kids or did you? I did. I did for all three. And then for and then Charlie, you I You were surprised. Okay. That's, we didn't find out for either. Just to, No, it was like so fun. It was so fun. I love yeah, it. None of my family, well, Jimmy and Kate 
they never found out for all four and Dan oh. and Wes didn't find out either. Oh my gosh. So, yeah. yeah. So cool. Um, so can you share any heartwarming or inspiring responses that you've had from your readers that connected with Brooklyn's Lucky Finn? I've heard from just a ton. I, and that's like something I didn't expect. Like I said, it was a passion project for my own daughter. Something that I, in my head when I wrote it, I was going into her classroom to read it, like just yeah. to open up the conversation. So it's been so heartwarming to see other children with limb differences sharing their story, how much they love it. Like I have limb different families that say they read it every night. Aww. And, you know, this little girl who was recently, um, we've become close with, she lives in North Jersey. Her name's Paisley. Her mom was like, she was so embarrassed of her lucky fin. She started kindergarten. She was not feeling confident. She was crying every day after school. And they sent this book in to the class. And she said, she's a new girl it's every day. Oh. So confident, never knew how to do the monkey bars, but now does because of the book. It's just oh. the cutest story. I know. That's so cute. And that is so, oh my gosh, so amazing. And I love the idea also of reading it to the class because it's so simple to implement. And then like, it's just, oh, okay. They, and kids at that age are sponges. They just want to learn and um, right. you know, and they probably think it's like so cool. Oh my gosh. Someone that we just read about, they, you know, they have something similar to a book we just read about at that age. It's so, right. um, you know, important. So are there any future projects or initiatives that you like would like to do in the future that impact, you know, either the book or the Lucky Finn project? I would love to just, you know, I, and like I said, maybe make a book down the line with her doing something that's not pointed out with her. Right. Lender. Just making the character and adding Charlie in. Yeah. Uh, into the <laughs> Gotta do that. <laughs> I know. But then my other kids are like, why don't we have books? Um, so it's funny. But I do, I feel like something with that, um, you know, just continuing working with the Lucky Finn Project, you know, encouraging her. I love her modeling, yeah. you know, opportunities, encouraging those and just kind of being, you know, positive and going forward. Because yeah. I think that each year will present itself with a different challenge. Right. And you could, I'm thinking out loud right now, but you could do like a book for each of your kids, but just include her in it as like, you know. It's their, cute. You know. I love that. <laughs> She's a character with a limited Yeah, she could just be a character in it. Because um, I think that's the other thing, like with my children, like, you know, especially Harper and Carter, which probably no one else would think about. But for our family, like they kind of hold the weight of her limb difference, you know, right. we're at the park or we're on vacation and people are like, what's wrong with your sister's hand? Like. You know, they have to be there, that like strength and support and always stand up for her. So I always think Aww. of them like as hard as it is on Brooklyn. It's also like we're all handling it as a family, you know? Right. Yeah, that's so true. I never thought of it that way either, that they ha they really have to be like just as much of an advocate as you are, you know, mm -hmm. you and your husband are for her. And sometimes I, you know, I don't want them to carry that weight, but I you know, they have no choice and we're family and they'll do it. And they've handled it like Carter's the cutest bit. He's like, that's my sister. And she is special. Oh, <laughs> so, so cute. You know, the kid Carter can be so crazy, but he has the heart of gold and um, he's our like wild child, but yeah. we'll stand up for his sister. Oh, um, I love that. Thick and thin. Yeah. It's cute. Well, that's so amazing. So you've told us, I mean, so much, which is awesome. Um, I love learning about the limb difference and um, your book and all of your wonderful family adventures. Um, before we conclude, is there any final message or advice you'd like to share with our listeners, especially those who may be navigating a similar path and or speaking, seeking inspiration for their life? 
I think just a reminder that you only get one life and to make the best of it, you know, try, you know, try and be a better person the next day and, you know, reach out. There's a ton of communities. I mean, I think back in the day, think of how like lonely people must have felt. And my dad, you know, it really wasn't talked about. It was actually like frowned upon and like very like looked. Yeah. It just wasn't a positive thing. And I think we live in a time now where, you know, the conversations are open. People in the movies are incorporating characters and it is a really big, there's a lot of support system out there. So lean in when you can. Yeah. That's so, and that is, I mean, I know social media or, you know, and can be kind of like stressful, but for those things like groups for specific, um, things that you need to look for. It's so helpful because you are, you're not alone. Right. Um, all right. So as we come to the end of today's episode, I want to extend a heartfelt thanks to you, Jenna, for sharing your incredible journey as a mother, author, and advocate. Um, through your experience, we've gained valuable insights into the joy and challenges of raising young children, traveling with them, and embracing with em- embracing differences with love and acceptance. Jenna's book, Brooklyn's Lucky Thin, serves as a powerful reminder to celebrate our unique qualities and foster inclusivity in our communities. You can find it on Amazon and also at Barnes and Noble. Um, I'm going to link it as well when um, this episode comes out. And I encourage you to check out her book and support her ongoing initiatives. Remember, every story has the power to inspire and educate. As always, if you enjoyed this episode, be sure to subscribe to the Running Mind Mom podcast and leave a review. You can follow me on Instagram at the Running Wine Mom underscore. Um, and thank you so much, Jenna, for coming on today. Thanks so much for having me. Yes, this is awesome. Um, remember, you are strong, you are capable, and you are all amazing. Until next time, keep running, keep sipping, and keep embracing the joy of motherhood. Cheers, and I'll be back next Tuesday. All right, thanks. thanks.